0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Celebrity Interviews live from the Grotto with Greg Hanna. Greg, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing amazing,
1: and I can't wait to talk to one of our next great athletes,
0: Kellen Winslow. Yes, absolutely. NFL <laughs> Hall of Famer Kellen Winslow Sr. Uh, we're going to talk about the Gridiron Grates uh, Assistance Fund, Pork Grinds. It's going to be a lot of fun, but Kellen, thanks for stopping by. And I'm going to jump into the first question I have. Are you okay. most remembered for that catch you had with Dan Fouts? Would you say that is the biggest memory of, of fans of your career? The catch or the game? Because the game, the, the game catch, and catch both. Yeah, the catch is
2: uh, a guy by the name of Joe Montana and Dwight Clark. Yeah, yeah, but a catch with you in the game. That was the catch in the back of the end zone. Yeah. Uh, so when I I hear the catch, that's the play I
0: think about. But what about your catch in that game? That was a big one. I, I remember watching and how amazing uh, comeback. Let's see.
2: Yeah, it was you know, several catches in that game. I think it was uh, twelve receptions in that game, and it went back and forth. We were up twenty four to uh, to seven, and they came back and we beat them uh, in overtime, like when at the thirteen minute mark in overtime. Back when they used to do the whole quarter.
0: Yeah, it was an, I remember as a kid, I'm 51, so I remember watching the game and remember how amazing those San Diego Chargers were. You guys were the most high powered offense. No one wanted to face you. For it sure. It was
2: philosophy. It was philosophy. A lot of teams could have done and eventually did do what we were doing. It was just that the coaching staff believed this was a way to move the ball up and down the field and to score as quick as you possibly can.
1: Wow, that's great. Who was who your favorite quarterback that you were on the team with?
2: Oh, I only played with one quarterback, Dan Fouts. Yeah, Cool. Yeah, uh, that was back in the days when there wasn't a lot of movement in the National Football League. I spent my entire nine-year career with Dan Fouts, at quarterback, you know, injuries, uh, some catches from other quarterbacks, but
0: um, nine years, Dan Fouts. And Dan was one, one of the greatest quarterbacks, in my opinion, that doesn't get the credit. That he deserves as a quarterback he's such a great analyst too that's another thing that dan <clears throat> i watch very little
2: football and there's two guys the defensive coordinator at notre dame who came to head coach at notre dame uh davy yeah mm-hmm. i like listening to him as a commentator because he explains things and he makes it very simple for viewers to follow dan does the same thing he's a great uh, explainer of what's going on and why things are going on. So I enjoy listening to him also. Absolutely. Um, so, Kellan, how,
1: how old were you when you went pro in NFL and, you know, for those, uh, you know, aspiring athletes out there that are either thinking about NFL or, you know, a competitive college ball, you know, what inspiration or, you know, coaching could you give them right now uh, on their path?
2: Wow. Um, it's, kind of difficult for me to do that because my path was so unusual. Um, I didn't play football until I was a senior in high school. And before that, I was on the chess team in high school. I was working after school at United Partial Service my sophomore and junior year. And it wasn't until my gym instructor, gym coach, and my gym teacher, who was the head football coach, uh, Cornelius Ferry, came to my um, geometry class after about the last week of my junior year and told me I belonged on the football field. He came with his assistant coach, Jimmy Lewis, and those two gentlemen changed my life.
0: Wow. That late into playing football, there's not many people have that story. I know one person would be Sam Clancy in certain ways, especially when uh, I'm a huge fan of Sam Clancy Sr. because he's a pit player and how he went to play for the Browns after really being a basketball Mm -hmm. player. Mm-hmm. And but not but I guess you still had mo- less uh, experience going into college in football than he did because he did play high school football and stuff. So how did yeah. you kind of relate <laughs> to all that? That's going to be tough.
2: I had uh, 17 catches experience. Or was it 14 catches? I know 17 catches in high school. We ran the wishbone. We had a great uh, wide receiver and Eugene Bird who played at Michigan State and played in the NFL for a little while in the USFL. And, you know, throwing to the tight end in the wishbone wasn't a main priority. We had a defensive end who ended up playing at Purdue and then Arizona who had more touchdowns than I did (laughs) in high school. So he picked up two fumbles and ran for touchdowns and I only called one. I did have a two-point conversion in high school. So I had eight points credited to me. (laughs) If it was back in fantasy football days, eight points in my high school career. (laughs) Wow.
1: Wow, that's pretty amazing, um, high school career. <laughs> uh, so, but, but it's, it's just it's, a true
2: indicator that yep. you're only good as the people around you. We had a great high school football team, college scouts from all over the country, came in to review the talent on this squad. Uh, the two big guys they were looking for there's a wide receiver, Eugene Bird, who I said went to Michigan State, and Cleveland Crosby, defensive end, who had more touchdowns than I did, Uh, who ended up going to Purdue and then to um, Arizona. But I was the uh, guy that the coaches would come in and say, you should take a look at this guy. You should take a look at this guy. And I ended up going on recruiting trips with Cleveland and Eugene, and that's how we ended up at Missouri. So I'm a true believer of you're only as good as the people around you.
1: That's great. Who were some of your uh, mentors, you know, once you were on the NFL that helped uh, Elevate your game, and you know, keep your positive, and uh, better yourself uh, as you grow uh, from a young man into a into a, a full grown man. Yeah.
2: Well, you take a look at the coaches that we had: uh, Don Coriel, Joe Gibbs who was the offensive coordinator while I was there. Ernie Zampezi, Dave Levy, all guys who went on and had great careers in the National Football League and in college football uh, coaching. Dave Levy from USC, Ernie Zampezi from USC, and they had coached with Coriel. Uh, coach Coriel, and of course from a player standpoint it was uh Dan Fouts and Charlie Joyner my early my first two years John Jefferson was a third receiver and after John was traded to Green Bay we brought in a guy by the name of Wes Chandler yeah wow
0: <laughs> yeah you had just I mean so, that, that so all-star team I was especially surrounded your fan yeah wow um, and I mean, so there's a wow and all that. Talent. But what do you think are those advice, Kellen, that you got from them that helped you so much because you were still learning the game?
2: Well, the advice that I got was to, you know, you take the work ethic. The work ethic has to be there. And the desire to learn and realize you don't know everything has to be there. Uh, from Charlie Joyner, I learned how to be a professional. The consummate professional, the way he prepped for practice, the way he prepped for games. Uh, The time that we spent together from John Jefferson, I learned the love of the game. John Jefferson loved playing football for the San Diego Chargers during that time. And he had such an enthusiasm about him that it, it was contagious. You just had to get involved in what J.J. was doing, and that was making plays. And here I come along, they take me into their fold, and I just kind of listen and follow along until I get my feet up under me and begin to understand, you know, when it became my time to become a leader, I was ready to do that.
1: Wow. That's great. Um, So it's been a while, I guess, since you're a pro. And so a lot of years in between, what have you been doing with those years? I know something special that's coming up that uh, Neil and I will chat with you about in a minute, but uh, what have you been doing, you know, within all that time as as your next stage of uh, your career after the NFL?
2: I'm 66 years old right now. I retired when I was 30. After retirement, I took a year off, worked on my golf game, and then I went to law school and graduated from the University of San Diego School of Law, Uh, took the bar exam in Kansas City, Missouri, got sick on day one of the bar exam, missed uh, passing because I wrote half of uh, day one, uh, this two-day exam, and uh, missed passing by a few points and then decided I don't want to do this. This is not where I want to be. And that's when I went into public speaking and broadcasting full time. I did radio for the university of Missouri, uh, for several years. And, you know, that was a good experience. I worked for uh, Fox sports in the college football studio show and ESPN on sidelines and CBS sports and the radio booth, uh, from uh, the other professional standpoint, um, I worked at uh, Disney for a number of years with Reggie Williams, the great Cincinnati Bengals linebacker, who uh, brought me down there to help him grow the business, uh, the Disney's wide world of sports. And then uh, I went into athletic administration. I've been athletic director at three different universities, division one, two, and three. And then uh, I retired uh, two years ago after working uh, for a friend of mine at a small Catholic university outside of Detroit, Michigan. As assistant to the president. So it's just a varied career, a lot of experience. And again, I'm a firm believer you're only as good as the people around you. And I truly believe that you are the totality of your experiences. So you've got to have a lot of experiences to truly understand who you are and what your potential is and understand other people. So and your second. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, your second retirement. What are your plans now? I think, Kellen, when we look at retirement, I'm only fifty one. I'm probably never going to retire. I'm always going to figure out something else to do because what (laughs) we're seeing now is we're going to live a lot longer than our parents and grandparents. Hopefully, you know, God willing. What do you see in that second retirement for you? Because you know, just playing golf all the time. I think you love golf, as you talked about. uh, I do love golf. Yes. How? Or do you have that plans of that second retirement? Cause that's the hardest part is when you, you know, you'll start having that. I want this again. I want to do this again, but I want to do it differently. And I think that people that live long prosperous lives of health decide to when retirement can't be complete retirement. What are your plans for that? Especially it's been two years since you kind of, have kind of gone that route.
2: Well, uh, I've spent the last two years working on renovating a home. I moved back to the Midwest. I live just outside of East St. Louis, Illinois, where I was raised in a town called Belleville, Illinois. Uh, uh, I have six brothers and sisters. Five of them are within a 20 mile radius of where I am right now. My mother lives about a half a mile from me and we lost my dad about three years ago at the age of 90. Uh, So I'm back around family. I'm just figuring out you know, what that feels like. I'm still traveling too much, trying to figure out what is next for me. Is it writing a book? Is it going back into public speaking? What impact can I have on the world that I'm a part of and how am I gonna impact individuals? That was one of the things I loved about higher education was the students. I miss the students,
0: I really do. Well, you keep that passion going, and we're going to go to some questions. I want Greg to f- do a follow up with that because I think that makes Greg really passionate to know what his plans of speaking, author. You've done a lot of those things, Greg. And I think Kellen did before, but it's something that keeps that passion going, doesn't it, Greg? Because yeah. you're similar to his age and you really see that that's what keeps <clears throat> you going as you're a CEO of a company and you're still working. And Greg, you don't have any plans of retirement anytime soon. No, definitely <laughs>
1: not. You know, I'm, I'm a true believer that. You know, a man without purpose is a man without purpose, and every person I know without purpose doesn't stay around long. That's what I know. They I don't. Yeah.
0: All right. So let's go jump into. Let's talk about first of all, Grid Iron Grates Assistance Fund. Explain that, and then we're going to talk about Southern Recipe Pork Rinds and about the Appreciation Days. We're getting very close to Super Bowl. I can't believe it, and my Steelers again are not in it. So or my Broncos, uh, and, Or know, my
2: Chargers, whatever. Yeah. They are San Diego, Los Angeles, Orange County, (laughs) wherever they are. They're still not in it. But one day, that day is coming. The gridiron greats uh, started by Mike Ditka, you know, another tight end, uh, great coach, great football player, member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He saw a need about 20 years ago where guys who had played in the league, making a transition out of the league, and there was a gap between Uh, the benefits, and how long they had to wait for certain things. So he started an organization called Gridiron Greats, and it was designed to help guys out financially from a resource standpoint, from some advice on what they needed to do to deal with the things that they were dealing with. Now, the league and the union used to be terrible at this, and that's why Mike stood up and did something about it. The, and I will give the union and the league credit. I'll criticize them when it's proper, and I'll give them the credit when it's proper. It's gotten so much better; it really has, especially with the last collective bargaining agreement, and to a degree, the one before that. So we can only hope that it's going to continue to get to go down that trail of getting better benefits for those guys who played, especially those who played uh, pre-93, pre-1993. So I'll give the league and the union credit for those efforts. With uh, the Gridiron Greats and with the small batch pork rind people, they have done a lot of things to help Mike Ditka and the Gridiron Greats Assistance Fund to fund some of the programs that Mike Ditka has been putting on. And there's Gridiron Greats Appreciation Day, which just happens to be on the same day of some football game in Las Vegas this year. And fans can go to the website and they can learn about the contest that's going on. They can win cash. They can win a 15 month supply of uh, pork rinds for their uh, organization that they sell at their youth uh, football uh, concession stand or however they wanna use it. And they have a chance to, a part of the contest is pass the pigskin, which of course I really like the name because it's passing something that you can win for a certain amount of time. And then you can select someone to win for an additional amount of time, the prize. So it's it's just, it's just been something that's been going on for a number of years uh, where the Pork Ryans Association has been helping out with the Mike Ditka group. And it's it's become a lot of fun. I think it's been 15 years they've been doing this now.
0: Um, i've you know, been i did interviews about three four years ago had billy white shoes johnson on and i have the list jack youngblood <laughs> a bunch of different people but thank goodness uh-huh. now we're into the days of zoom where i get to meet people in person than just calling in on a radio show so i'm really excited about the whole process and i hope to be at the the, the whole the event in vegas every year i think i forget one of the does uh mike dick have his uh fundraiser he has in vegas and i think in the in 2025 right that are some later this year i forget when they so have it.
2: 2024 uh-huh. uh we're talking about the thursday night party with uh, mike ditka and ron jaworski where their two groups come together and you know a bunch of cigars are smoked a lot of uh, celebrities are there and uh let's see that's yeah it's that thursday night in las vegas and they do a lot of they do a real good job in raising money there but let me give you the official website so we can get that right. Sure. www.porkrhineappreciationday.com is where they should go to sign up for the past, the pigskin sweepstakes, and to see all the prizes that they could win.
0: Awesome. Talk about being inducted in the, the NFL Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. How amazing was that to get that opportunity to be inducted? Ooh, uh,
2: <laughs> it, It's it's hard to believe. There's, there's nothing that I've done in my career where I can actually say that I deserve this. I'm worthy of this. I've had such a blessed career. And things, uh, I've been guided by individuals who've helped me achieve a lot of the things that I have achieved. and But I really can't take credit for it. If Coach Perry and Coach Lewis don't come to my geometry class at the end of my junior year and tell me they see something in me that I don't see in myself, we're not talking today. You never hear of the name Kellen Winslow. If I don't meet a a gentleman at the University of Missouri by the name of Dr. Walter Daniel, who told told me I was a better writer than I thought I was, who told me that um, I'm very insightful And spent years convincing me to go to law school. I would not have gone to law school. And if I don't get drafted by the San Diego Chargers, my name is not associated with Dan Fouts and Charlie Joyner, members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, or Chuck Muncie and a bunch of other individuals who I have to give credit for. But I've had just such a blessed life that being inducted into the Hall of Fame
0: was uh, surreal. It really was. Fantastic. Greg has a final question. Uh, Go ahead, Greg, with your question.
1: Yeah, great. So uh, it's been really great talking to you, Callan. And I ask this of all of our guests, and it's real important uh, for myself, uh, always continuous learning. Mm -hmm. It's important. Uh, And hopefully for those who get a chance to listen to uh, this interview, which has been fantastic. Uh, So tell me, Callan, what do you feel the most important thing in life is that you've ever learned? Oh,
2: I'm here to serve, it's not about me. You talked about purpose earlier. Uh, my purpose is to serve and to find some way to be in service to others. And that's where I feel the contribution can be made. And that's I truly believe that's what I'm here for.
0: Powerful, short, but powerful. Kellum, appreciate it. Good luck in your second retirement uh, in the process (laughs) of what your next plans are. And I hope to help you in any way I can. So, okay, that was a special simulcast of the Neil Haley Show and Celebrity Interviews live from the Grotto. Greg Hanna, guys, take care.